From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors. With your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors in the studio today, along with my good friend, Glenn Kidman. And that guy back from his trip up in Tallahatchie. <laughs> he get up there in Tallahatchie, Florida. Mr. Bill George is in the studio today. And uh, Aaron's there looking all bright and chipper and looks like she's ready to go for the day. And, he's ready. Uh, and uh, Jonathan is... Fr- I don't know where he's at. I don't know where he's at. He said something about going somewhere. I don't know. His daughter had something or other. It was yeah, some cryptic was, uh, dealio. Was it, was it orientation or something? Some kind of, I don't know. Bill I, said it was graduation, but. Is I that what it is? I don't think it was that. Was it graduation or orientation or. One of them two. Something to do with a school function. Oh, no. He's going to go check his phone. He, uh, make sure I get this right. Yeah, yeah, he likes to be correct all the time. He can't stand it when he might be a little bit outside the, the, the right box. I don't want to be misleading in any way, way, shape, or form. So uh, we'll just wait here till you find your text message. No, no, that I'll, right? I'll, I'll, hey, hey, keep on the rolling. Of course, also, in, in Jonathan's spot, though, I did bring us some hole-in-one do- hole donuts. I did to see fill that. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, that would be a great honor for him to be replaced by hole-in-one donuts. <laughs> And also, I see that you brought a life jacket too. So yeah, I, I don't know why you brought a life jacket for the red chair. And uh, you know, I figured I'd fill the fill the void. <laughs> just put a just put a life jacket in there. So yeah, it looks put a like life jacket in there. So, but that's actually uh, Wyatt's life jacket. And uh, your grandson. Yes. Yeah, that's his his uh, life jacket. Right. And uh, you know this this time of the year when things start warming up a lot, getting closer to the summertime when school's getting out and. Kids are getting out around the water, getting on the boats, and going for rides on jet skis and everything else. You know, it's that time where you start seeing and hearing about uh, tragedies on the water and uh, could have been sometimes prevented with a, a flotation device. Well, uh, I know it happened this past week. Yes. Uh, a kid in a kayak, which I would think, how in the world do you, how does a kid drown out of a kayak? must have been just, deeper in water, must have been just... A little deeper than. What do you uh, mean? You don't a teaspoon of water is all it takes. It don't take much, but uh, you know, you just get that when you hear kayak and something like that happening. You're thinking they're in shallow waters, but you know they go out. They go out pretty good. Yeah, but I mean, you don't know that somebody could have got their head bumped as they went. Out, you know, yeah, you just kayak rolls. You could get pinned under. You can do a lot of different things in a kayak. Well, the, you know, yeah, yeah, you're right. So I just wanted to just bring that in as a reminder. I just look at it from a you know grown up perspective and uh, being out there with my kids when we go kayaking, you know we're cutting across deep water and all that kind of stuff like that. And yeah. you know. I mean, each year I take some young kids out alligator hunting, and they all wear life jackets. I mean, I'm not worried about the boat flipping, but I do worry about something happening, and all of a sudden they go over, and you know. Well, you just never know what's going to happen. But like you say, when you're moving around, you got all that stuff going on. It's easy for somebody just to lose their balance. Next thing you know, they're over the side and in the water. So, uh, 
Or falling down in the boat and hitting their head. Well, out. I've had George almost go out of the boat when all of a sudden a hook comes off of something he's pulling and, and you're going the other way, you know? I would yeah. think that you would have more accidents, more head injuries off of uh, stand-up paddle boards because, you know, people trying to dive off to the side or something, hit the bottom or that kind of thing. Unless you just leap off. And every picture I ever see of anybody on a paddleboard, I never see them with a life life jacket on. They're always, you know, looking buff while they're out there doing boat yoga or board yoga or whatever it is. Good, good morning, Richard. Hey. We didn't make you we didn't make you wait this long this time. Really? Hey, and you, and you didn't even forget me. Like usually, usually I stood on for a half an hour, but um the, the, the was that child dying off a kayak? I'm sorry, those parents were should be written up for a neglect. Well, it's... The kids should never have been on a kayak. Either one of the kids and the parents were morons not to wear life, life preservers themselves. It should be a felony when you don't put a youth in a um, life preserver and it die, and the kid dies. Well, it's as it's, it's tragic as it is, and, yeah, we can... Uh, I'm sure the parents have uh, beat themselves up worse than anybody else could do right now, so... I'm not going to. Yeah, if it didn't have brains enough to do it to begin with, that means it never took a safe boating course or anything or common sense. Imagine those kids probably when they rode around on bicycles, they didn't have helmets on either. Well, I'm just sorry that, that I think that's neglect, and I'm sorry that the kid is. Uh, I'm really sorry that the kid has died, and I. Hopefully, the parents are suffering because I think that's awful that they do that, take a kid out. And that deep of a water, or even any floating device, any anything that floats, I, I've never taken a youth out on my boats when I had them and that stuff. But my son, he always had to wear the life preserver no matter what was going on. My grandkids, the same thing. It may be hot, but if it's too hot, I tell them jump in the boat and I'll pull you, I'll pull your butt back out. You know, I, I think that's that's child abuse. I really do. I'm I'm sorry. I'm so adamant about this but i think that just plain stupid parroting well unfortunately we have a lot of people in this world that don't think as well as they should anymore you know and i you know i from what i had watched on the news they said you're not required to wait wear a um one you're not required to wear wear a life jacket when you're kayaking kayaking and there was nothing about that you know, you have to put it in print that anybody under a certain certain age must wear a life preserver on. And they, you know, one person on the news says, "Well, it only states it in the law about having a motor on it." I go, "Well, then, then that's then somebody somebody in the legislature or whoever had their name on that writing that law should be hung up to dry because that that's you know." I'm sorry. It's just like I can't believe that somebody would be that neglectful. Well, well, Richard, it's almost like leave loaded guns laying around the house, and and if um, your kid or some other kid picks it up and gets shot, oh well, you know, oh that's you know, basically, yes, everybody's going to be sorry about it, but there's no repercussions on it. 
Yeah. Richard, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. We know how you feel. And and if we want to change it, we got to work with the legislation in order to change the rules. And in reality, I agree with Richard. I, you know, I feel more uncomfortable, more unstable the smaller the boat is. So if I'm out in a canoe or a kayak or something like that, chances are I'm going to be wearing a life jacket more than I would be if I'm in a 18 foot boat with a 225 engine on the back. And when the legislators. Did it? It's okay. How do you define where you start when you stop? If somebody's out on a raft in a pool, do they need it? You know, where, where do sure. you define Kids get that floaties. line? Kids get floaties when they're in the pool. Yeah, man, yeah. sure. But you understand what I'm saying. I do it, understand. It, 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 you got to draw the line somewhere. We already have laws on the books. And, and, uh, and the yeah, law says that the, the, the Wyatt has to wear that thing while he's out there, no matter how hot he gets and no matter how much he complains. And as Richard pointed out, if your kids are that hot, jump over the side. <laughs> Go swimming for a little while. I'll pull you back in the boat, and, you know, you'll be cool for a while. And, Glenn, know? just so you know, if you get seasick, it works, too, just getting in the water. Th- that is true. It does do that. <laughs> yeah, but after around. seeing all those big shark pictures, I'm <laughs> being Come on, out there man. just feeding them. How many but shark yes, attacks did we have this past week? I have just no one. idea. Uh, look There's at this one. way. Your odds are way better than most people, because if you look at all those people – Almost every one of them had a full head of hair, and you know that puts it in your. And they eyes. were surfing, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, they're good to go. And they're a little smaller than me, so yeah, it might be in my favor. But that is true. You're but in, right. in Florida, the, uh, six years in a, of aging and under, you should have a a life preserver on them. I, I mean, you know, Richard did have a good point. Uh, you know. Uh, those parents probably didn't even put bicycle helmets on their kids, and you're, you know, you're supposed to, by law, have that on there as well. And I see it all the time. I'm sorry, you can't. I, at some point, I don't think you can regulate enough common sense. You no. know, a bicycle helmet. If I'm on the street, if I'm on some of that, but I survived riding in the back of a suburban in a crib that had bars too wide to put your head through. <laughs> How many ever survived the carbon monoxide seat in the back of the station wagon going to Pensacola with the back window down, where all the exhaust just comes right back in? <laughs> Well, Brayden, that'll just teach you for asking what the life jacket was for. So well, might, yeah, that might you know what? early in the morning. Well, now I'm afraid to ask what uh, the knot tying, why the tactic cam is here, and what's in the box besides the donuts. Yeah, right beside the donuts. Yeah, I, I kind of brought afraid. in a little bit of everything this morning. We got a. I'm scared. Uh, got got a special guest on coming. We'll have him on at around eight o'clock. So I just don't want to give it away too much. But man, you is know, it Hulk Hogan. I can't tell you that. Uh, oh, man, it's just going to be a surprise for you, but. You know, when you asked me the other day, man, is that really your font size on your text? And I said, yeah, he, <laughs> really? You need some glasses. But uh, this Well, one, you already have a huge, ginormous phone. It's like, you know, 9 by 12. Yeah, it takes everything I can do to hold it up in one hand. And then uh, when we were out at uh, Lori's little uh, saltwater fishing clinic out at G5, he was on his phone, and I went, dude, man. Do you need those letters to be that big on that phone? <laughs> I mean, they're they're huge. And it makes like, it easier yeah, man, to read. I can't, I, you know? I can't see them very well like I used to, man. So uh, you know, I gotta make them a lot bigger. And, and, and plus, and, it uh, you know I, that way it lessens the opportunity of misreading <laughs> something. And next thing you know, I got my foot in my mouth. Now, if only you could text as well as you read. <laughs> yeah, that might be the case because that's where the foot comes in. <laughs> you know, good, I was going to say, man, he didn't answer in my text. I go, I didn't know what language they were written in. I don't understand. That's that Klingon, voice text. I, they really need to get a, a country hick accent for your phone. 
for that voice text. Klingon. What? Kalkala Kamekla. I don't know what that is. I don't, I don't know. It's either Celtic or it's Klingon. One of the two. I don't know. All right. We got to take a real quick break, you guys. Uh, we come back. We'll talk more about your bad eyesight when we come back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by G5. Feed and Outdoors. And, of course, our good friends and fabulous folks out at Brandon Ford. They won't last long. Oh, I went with silicone, dude. We'll see how that love bug loves. Just chews them up. For the uh, break, we were sitting here chit-chatting about how bad uh, Glenn's eyesight has gotten. And he yeah. refuses to go to the doctor or the ophthalmologist to get glasses. Oh, I got it. I got glasses. Well, then why don't you wear them? Uh, what, you just not stylish enough for you? What, what you, do you know mean? what it is? is uh, whenever I set them down and I get up and go somewhere, that's where they're laid. Right well, where I set them down. And then that's, he needs glasses to find them. <laughs> and that's funny that you say that. One of the guys at the shop says, well, they're right there. Won't you use these glasses to find those? <laughs> if you leave them where they're supposed to be on your face, then that way you don't lose yeah, them. That's a good possibility. You need to get those big, thick frames and get like the Bobby uh, Bones, uh, you know, frame so you look hip and cool like you're a judge on American Idol. Yeah, I need to get some. That's uh, <laughs> Why you don't like those? You can be uh, thick, kind of goofy looking. Uh, you look like uh, Dexter's Laboratory Dad with those, you know, big thick frame jobbers. Yeah, Doctor Gaffney, he hooks me up over there. I mean, he's got some nice glasses, and I just and hey, I got a couple of pair of his uh, his nice glasses laying on my desk somewhere. Yeah. So whenever <laughs> I'm going fishing, next thing I know, I got uh, I got some my sunglasses, but no. Uh, the, any other glasses? They will your... make glasses. We'll that talk are prescription. More. Yeah. And... yeah, we'll talk more about this. Yeah, uh, as a matter of fact, G five actually has them with the magnifiers right at the bottom, so you can have your sunglasses and your magnifier too. Well, anyway, anyway, the reason why we were talking this conversation is because Glenn brought in this little tool that he uh, had. He's become like uh, your great grandma. You, you can't give him an iPad or an iPod or a big giant phone because then he finds stuff and he orders it and he like brings it in and every time I go, where man, where did where did you find this? What store was this in? Online. Where'd you get this right here, man? That's a really cool thing. Bought it online. Facebook auction. <laughs> well, it's, I'm not a big online shopper. Oh, but are you kidding me? Oh, the stuff dear in the Lord, room. the lightning's going to strike here. If, <laughs> I, I looked. I looked and see where if there's something a retailer close by, and if there's not, then of course. Uh, for for this, for instance, uh, yeah, this I had to order offline because it's not available. This that's in a the box. shopper online shopper. That's not a buyer online. Well, well, yeah, that means you're I like to see what's out there that works, and uh, then I know what, what to look for. Well, this thing here, you sent me like uh, last week. Actually, it was right before the the charity shoot out there with Dennis last weekend. Uh, what's it? How do you pronounce it? Is it Typro? Is yes, that what it is? It's Typro. A typro. And uh, he was like, man, check this thing out. I'll go look at it online in a typro. And I was like, what in the heck is a typro? And so I went and I looked. I thought it was a type of rod, you know. And uh, so I go look, and it's this little uh, it's, laundry clip. What do you used to it call it? looks like it? a clothespin. It looks it, like a clothespin thing that you used to, to tie. And I was like, what in I the world I thought it was a thing? little duck call at first when I saw it. Well, it's kind of got that same shape. Yeah, but uh, Tom, he we'll have him on with uh, the innovation side of it, the Type Pro. He's is he going to call in? Is that your special super science, super super guest for for folks that's in my situation? Yeah, he's a hero right now. And my father-in-law, Johnny, he 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 loves it. I got one for him, and uh, he, he's he actually got to use his uh, 
all last week catching them uh, bluegill off the bed up on Lake, Lake Panasofsky. And, and uh, of course, when I went up there to fish, I left it at home. Yeah, yeah, with the glasses, so couldn't see where you were going or what you were tying. So All right, I'm well, looking. if he's going to call in, we'll we'll, uh, yeah. we'll save that for later. But now, on the online auction that you went through this week, oh. the, the thing that you found in the box, yes, I, I, I think it's a great product, but I think you're a little too late. Well, maybe, I maybe mean, I'm a little late, but you know they late. come around two times a year. Now I, I have never seen this stuff before, and I haven't either. <clears throat> and uh, I'm wondering. It's made here in Florida. Right. So uh, I don't know. What well, better a, place to it, figure out what works on love bugs? I would think but, that this was, I don't know if it was developed here or. It, but <clears throat> it's developed by the snake oil salesman. Could be. I, I don't know. know. I haven't tested it to see if it works. You know what? When it comes to love bugs, and that's what we're talking about, love bugs, I mean, you know how many different solutions you have? How many? Uh, I'm standing in car line the other day, and my kid's principal walks by and he goes, you got quite the collection there on the front of your truck. And I'd say, well, you know, driving over to Plant City and back, you know, you, you murder quite a few of those things. And he goes, yeah, you ought to spray the front of that with some Pam. Yeah. And I went, yeah, I've heard that before. Or uh, dryer sheets or uh, sprayed it with uh, Wesson oil or whatever. There's all kinds of, uh, of things that you spray on the front of your car. Just tell them you're... You're working with the University of Florida and doing a DNA sample, and you're oh trying to get as many diverse bugs from around the state so that they could sample them. Wait, you mean the very college that uh, <laughs> mutated and made the love bug? I love that rumor. Uh, but rumor no. it be. But uh, Glenn came in with this stuff. It says, no. Look, it's absolutely no. The love bug solution. Products, automotive surfaces, biodegradable, safe on painted surfaces, bumpers, trim, and mirrors. Bugs never touch the vehicle. Spray-on cellophane-like barrier washes off easily with water. So you just, I guess you just hose down the front of your car yep, with that, said product? That's what it shows on their uh, website video. And uh, I'm going to give it a try because all weekend you know, when I got home from work in the afternoons, my truck's all right because they don't fly early in the morning and late in the afternoons. But uh, with Ginger driving, <laughs> she looked like your truck. Just you- Kill as many as you can. But you know what? You don't when you're driving, and you, you just don't realize how many there actually are. You know, I mean. Oh, I realized the other day when, <laughs> when I when you came can't back see out the windshield, Texas, and I oh, I, I bought I bought some Rainex uh, Rainex treated silicone wipers. <clears throat> they cost me like a gazillion dollars, thirty bucks a piece. Yeah. I mean, seriously. I used to buy wipers for like a two dollars a piece. Oh yeah, but you know the, these things. The good thing is, is uh, before the love bug season, I bought them, and so they kind of pre-treated the windshield a little bit. So, uh, any of the ones that have uh, that lose their lives on the front of my windshield at said miles per hour, <clears throat> they seem to come off pretty easily in the morning dew in the morning when yeah. I for turn them on there. So, uh, but the front of the truck, no, I'm, I'm not going. I'm going to wait till they they crust up so much that they just fall off in the sheet on the, their own. This is the thing. It's <laughs> like. You got to know when they're hitting your windshield during the day, don't run your windshield wipers if you don't oh, got plenty of water the in there because all you end up with is one great big smear. Yeah. I don't I don't know what all the secrets are that everybody has out there. I'm sure everybody has suggestions of how they keep them. But uh, the one I always heard was first and foremost, never buy a white car <laughs> or a white truck. Well, they are attracted to white when it's sitting still. 
Okay, I don't but, think uh, when you're oh, going 60 miles an hour. Yeah, they're attracted they're, to it when it's moving because yeah. just look at my work truck. But, yeah. but I will say that it shows up a little bit better on white than it does yeah. on But on if, if you car. if you turn around and run hard during turkey season and you leave enough dirt on there, it'll it'll help. That's put the ticket. There. There you go. That you get dirt barrier. Road dust yeah. down there. And then, then at the end of love bug season, you wash it and, you know, they all come off with the dirt. Does anything... That swims or flies. Does anything eat love bugs? I have not seen it because I've seen them on the water, but just everywhere. And and unlike the uh, mayflies, when the mayflies land, everything's eaten. Oh yeah. But when them love bugs are on the water, everything's just staying well, down. Stay when down. you squish a mayfly, does it stink? I don't know. I don't think so. No, you squish a love bug. <laughs> does it stink? Absolutely. Yeah, oh my! Imagine what he tastes like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Bill. Why don't you let us know? Uh, we'll no, we'll I'm give just you saying, that. I, if I were a fish, I wouldn't want to eat. I that. was just say I've never, I've never seen a love bug fly. You know, a tide fly. You know, I, I've never seen one. I've seen the little uh, ones that kind of look like it, but I don't know. Maybe there's something out there that eats them. I don't think bats or anything eat them at all. So I mean, it's yeah. Those... I don't see. I don't, I don't. I've never seen a popper out there that looks like a uh, nope. a love bug. Nope. Not one. Not a one. Well, speaking of that, uh, you know, we got to talk about, of course, the changes to the fishing regulations here on the west coast of Florida, at least here in the Tampa Bay area and south uh, all the way down. And uh, I chatted with some friends this past week about it, and uh, a lot of folks are not happy that the fact that Tampa Bay is included in that uh, catch and release. Well, uh, I guess they're looking at that. That's going to be the the restocking from Tampa Bay everything's going to leave Tampa and head south. Is no. that what it is? That's what I can figure. Uh, you know, well, I know that red tide was uh, a little bit worse down below us, south of, uh, let's say, Anna Maria Island. So let's just build Sarasota. up all the fish numbers again, and then the red tide's more than likely going to happen again this year so we can just watch more fish dead. Even more concentrations, is that what you're yeah. saying? And, uh, and uh, I, you know, I tried to look at it on the bright side. You know, I I you know, I know a lot of people are kind of miffed at the fact that you can't keep a couple of fish and and a things couple. like that. You can't keep any. Well, yeah. Not Zero. any of those. Well, you could you could still go out and catch uh, you know, some cobia or snapper okay. or you know, mango snapper or what uh, some sheephead. I, I mean, what's it, I guess the sheephead wasn't impacted at all I, from it. No. I got a question <laughs> for you. How do we manage fishing and other stuff in the state of Florida? How should we manage it? Based upon, you should be able to go by the weight limit on your boat if it science. says science. I'm giving science. you science. It's right there on the back of the boat. It says weight capacity 645 pounds. If it's just you and your friend and you weigh about uh, 320, you should be able to put 129 pounds of fish in there. Bill absorbs the, the, the science guy. Exactly. <laughs> yes. You know, so you buy a bigger boat, and you get to catch more fish. That's right. It's all good. And if you're weight fishing, then you're stuck with the basic minimum. But you can carry back without drowning. We are big and wild. What? Taking a quick break. Brought to you by G5. I answered Not your question, Brandon Ford, we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden and uh, Glenn and uh, Fired Up Bill I'm glad George. We, uh, we don't have uh, webcams in here. <laughs> Aaron, uh, Aaron came rushing in with her uh, little Wikipedia update on the uh, love bug. Now she's thoroughly fascinated because she's like, you know what? What does eat love bugs? 
And the best you could come up with is, uh, which I had to call uh, total craziness. farce and craziness, was uh, the two that were listed on there were... The two birds that eat love bugs. Well, that eat that. love bugs are, include the quail and robins. And I'm like, no, I'm calling B on that. Well, well uh, unless that's what's decimated the quail population. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> Well, you would think if uh, that were that, that, hey, that many, uh, maybe that maybe that's what's doing the big decline in quail in the state. Well, you would think that there'd be even more uh, because you have an abundance of yeah, food. Yeah, but maybe they're maybe bad it's for them. Toxic, yeah. Them. Oh, and it's, 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 causing, yeah. it's sterilization. And the other one was robins, <laughs> which I said doesn't make any sense because they're robins, gone. They're, yeah, they're migratory. They're not even where they came down and. Once they get drunk on Brazilian pepper berries, they uh, you know forget to eat uh, love bugs on the way back or something. I don't know, but uh, we that was our conversation during the uh, break. Also uh, included in there for some reason, Bill George just got extremely upset and angry after we were talking about the uh, the FWC's extension of the red tide affected fisheries and their conservation measures in Southwest Florida. Uh, as I love how they put it that way, where it's, uh, you know, it's a conservation method. Conservation allows for take. Preservation eliminates it. The, uh, that is uh, a good way to put that. Conservation does say. I want my license money back. I can't keep any fish, so what did I buy them? Well, yeah. Think of the people who got a snook stamp. You can't even cook snook for two years. I got one of them, too. For you two shouldn't years. be able to sell a snook stamp if you can't keep it. Why are you charging everybody for a snook stamp? Yeah, if you have no purpose uh, to use it whatsoever. I should be refunded my snook stamp money for until 20, what, especially, 2020. Spe- yeah, <clears throat> May of 20. No, snook is, you got to understand, why is it May of 2020? You, you want you want to know why it's May why of 2020? Because that's when snook closes anyways. So then you got all the open season for snook closed, and then they open it back up from the executive order close, and it's in a naturally closed state. So then it goes on. How many more months is, is snook closed, Braden? Do you know? I'm trying Probably to look three up. at least. Yeah, at least. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, didn't good know, on their I didn't part. know it was I mean, going to be a dang quiz. Just uh, you know, uh, well, you, know, you do sorry, it to me I, all I the time. I would have studied. Any, anyways, <laughs> you studied. It is. I I got to watch the words I can use on this this transmitter, but it is not based in science or anything. The state of Florida, for the people who don't know, they did a, the survey. Trout, for example, we are the only part of the state that exceeds their high standard of where they want their management goals. We are the only part of the state that exceeds it. The rest of the state is below the management objectives. So when you say the, the rest west. of the state, is that even northwest and east coast side or what? Yeah, west the entire, coast. Southwest is the only part of the state that exceeds their management goals. That's it. The rest of them are below, but yet the Southwest had trout closed down. Snook, scientist, Gill, uh, over here at uh, FWRI Research, I mean, 100% sure Snook did not get majorly impacted by the red tide. That's here. The data Tampa shows Bay. it. They sample these things every month. It's not this big survey that has to come up. They're doing monthly samples. We are exceeding our 10-year averages on snook. 
exceeding them. Well, you know, the thing is, is I think you had a good point when you brought out the fact that when you look at who's supporting these uh, measures and you look at supporting uh, who's doing it, uh, you know, uh, you know, you got uh, famous TV captains and you got uh, guys that are out on the water every single day making money. You got uh, radio captain guides who are bragging that they, you know, yesterday went out they uh, got 70 snook in the boat the other day. And yeah, I mean, uh, when you this, hear that, you think, OK, so you're benefiting on it monetarily. Uh, but, you know, the guy who wants to go out there and keep a couple of snook or a couple of trout to take to his family doesn't get to benefit at all. And, um, you know, when I when Glenn said that the first time during the break, he goes, man, I want my money back for my license. I went, <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah, I understand. I was like, well, wait a minute. He's got a good point. Yeah, I mean, if I buy a sportsman's gold license every single year that covers me for just about everything, then why aren't I getting a discount or a refund? Well, you could go spend a couple hundred dollars, go down to the Keys, and then, you know, yeah, yeah, but you use know it. I, I, We're I not forbidding you from using it, Mister Gun. But I could also go and spend four hundred dollars <laughs> on a on a guide uh, out here in Tampa Bay and go somewhere and uh, catch a boatload of fish and not get to keep any of them. This is unless a- he takes me over and gets me on a triple tail or a cobia or something like that. Which, what if that's not my target fish? What if I'm you know I, I went triple out there to- tail man? Yeah, that's pretty good, right? Yeah. If well, I'm just saying, there, you talk about another species that have uh, regulations. I mean, sheephead, you, you look at what is it the common guy goes out there, goes out in his john boat and catches for dinner or wade fishes. What What is it that they're catching? Uh, trout, redfish, you know, depending on how far okay. you go out. What, yeah. But uh, no, let's Mangrove take the guy snapper. who goes wade fishing. Yeah. He comes out, comes off of a... Uh, you know, you come across the bay here, get out on the flats, and want to go wade fish. Which what is it you're catching for dinner? Sand perch. Trout, usually. <laughs> well, you're going to have to catch sand perch now. <laughs> I would say the vast majority would be trout. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so you're taking what is the primary thing the common man catches in order to take fish home to eat, and you're putting a ban on it when you're above your management goals the data the science the numbers say you're in great shape well now you know the fwc did just wake up one day and go you know what uh red tide uh dead fish smelly bad for tourism whatever let's uh let's just close because this has nothing to do with tourism this has everything to do with uh, what they would consider to be conservation of the fisheries so they had to come to this conclusion over something okay if this How, truly was conservation, I'm in 100% support. Sure. But, Agreed. But when Bill comes in and starts talking about his scientific data and all the numbers that are out there, and I know where he goes, and I know who he talks to, and I know what he does on his off time and all the meetings that he goes to, I, don't, I, I can't dispute what well, he says. And you know what gets me and what makes my curiosity go up is when it's you kind of have to do what they do in government. You follow the money. You follow who are the people who are supporting this thing. Who is the ones who are backing this? Who are the ones that are saying, you know, this is a good idea? Because as Bill George pointed out, just because all these closures are happening doesn't mean you can't be out fishing for them. Doesn't mean that a, that oh, a no. captain and a client or, you know, a, a uh, conservation commission can't be uh, making money off of their great efforts. I mean, it, it doesn't slow down their business. It just slows down, as Bill pointed out, the everyday guy getting out to go 
grab a couple of trout and take them home for dinner. Well, maybe we just close that off to all boating because the propellers are stirring up the sediments and igniting the red tide all over again. The bloom. Let's make They're it stirring the bloom. You make it <laughs> e- shut it down. Make it easy across the board. You just say, look, if you're a licensed guide or a captain, you have to do it on foot or by kayak. I'm not going to single any one person out. I'm just going off of the day to day. The, the, the thing is this: this that is, bill is saying if this, the numbers support the uh, the side of recreational fishing, then we should be able to. Well, rec- well he'll be able it. to come to that determination now that he's done the Freedom of Information Act to uh, get all the emails. We'll find out who has been talking to yeah. our commissioners, and once that happens, then uh, you can name names, well, we'll or just reference a website that names names. Exactly. <laughs> Build the troublemaker. But but this is <laughs> how's this, that a troublemaker? This, well, hold on. This is this is another thing that I pointed out while I was at the commission. The floating rafts of dead fish. In those rafts, there weren't trout, there weren't redfish, and there weren't snook. Okay, that's not what was in those rafts. There was there was a lot of other species that took a hard hard hit from the red tide. How many of those species did they put any type of limitations on? I don't know. Bill, tell me was, what Zero. was Zero. Yeah, they didn't put any on uh, greenbacks or uh, puffer fish or pinfish or any of the other things that were floating up there. A few ladyfish. Uh, the you bait know, fish. You know, but they'll always go zoom in on the dead manatee or the dead porpoise or yeah. the dead uh, grouper or dead sea, sea turtle or whatever it is. You know, they'll focus in on that. And, uh, you know, that's all sad and tragic that those things had passed away. But guess what? We don't fish for those. And they are not on the ban. So, and they're not on the uh, throwback list. Or they're not on what stuff. the average person takes home for dinner. I don't know. Uh, last time Glenn called me up to go loggerhead uh, turtle fishing, it's been what? Gotta be Four or least, five years. It's got to be at least three generations ago. I, I don't think I've ever called you about going turtle fishing oh. anywhere. Oh, man. <laughs> Maybe it was just a dream. I don't know. It was catch and release, so it's okay. No, that was only for the manatees. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by G5 Feed Outdoors. And just fun. <laughs> A brand new one. Yeah, didn't even replace it. They just gave a new one. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's a big and wild outdoors. Braden, Glenn, Bill, and Aaron in the studio today. If you want to give us a call, if we've made you mad enough or made you laugh enough, uh, you can give us a call and complain or or carry on at uh, 888-404-1010. That's 888-404-1010. As Bill George smacking his lips over there, finishes that up donut. a hey. hole-in-one donut over there. It kept my... Uh... Middle of the break conversation down to a minimum. Well, I know that you were uh, getting a little miffy and a little upset uh, because uh, uh, with this fishing, uh, what are we calling it? Even is it uh, is it a conservation effort? Is it no. a? Uh, it's a it's a ban by executive order, which should be executive orders should be reserved to things that are an emergency. If we're going to make a change of something that's not an emergency, it should go through the normal rulemaking process where you have a proposal draft, you know, then it goes to final and that this was done by executive order, which, which is for emergency purposes. And it's how long after a red tide, 
You know, we did, we did, this is Plus an emergency. The- this should have been done through normal rulemaking, and people should have been properly educated in order to voice their opinions prior to that. But we're going to work on making sure people know how and exactly where they can put their comments in. Well, Gino has probably uh, got a comment or two on there. Good morning, Gino. How are you doing? Good, buddy. Hey, Brano, I got, I got the 2019 inshore slam. The ladyfish, a lizardfish, and a blowfish. <laughs> That's about all we're left with now, man. You I know? heard some people who are having a hard time even catching a lizardfish. No, 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 sir. Got 12 the other day. <laughs> so. You know what? The bad thing is is you're, it's easy to go catch lizardfish, which out on the beach is what? The best snook bait that you can throw out there at the moment, and you can't catch I mean, you can catch them, but oh, well, what fun that was. Yay. Well, that was, that was an interesting perspective, guys, on this fishing moratorium. Snook is closed till May, which really means it's closed till September. And I'm serious, guys. Someone should get a lawsuit, clash, ash, and suit to get our money back on the Snook Samps. Just to yeah. kind of light a fire under these guys. You know that's funny. I mean? See what you started? Uh, you no, know? I don't think that's good from me. That's. I think that's just his his own his own thought, not mine. Oh, you are the one who actually <laughs> said get your money back because in reality it was a an, an anticipation of being able to go out and catch snook. But as Bill George pointed out, all the state has catch to say else. is, you know what? All you got to do is drive a uh, you know a little bit south or a little bit north, and uh, you'll be fine. Go catch snook all you want to. Go to the Atlantic side; it's open. Yeah, it's open on the Atlantic side. It's a whole different set of rules over there. But I just, it just seems to be an overreaction, guys. It's really what I think it is. Are you having, um, are you having trouble catching any of these uh, uh, targeted species while you're out on the flats these days? Not particularly. I mean, I'll be honest with you, buddy. It's, it's worse than it was a year, a year and a half ago because uh, the red died. There's no doubt, but they're still there. I mean, you know, when all the fish get wiped out of an area, that means there's plenty of shrimp, and that means. The fish are in Crystal River or Marco Island say, hmm, I think there's better pickings north or south of here. And they head that way. You know, like they say, nature abhors the vacuum. Well, and- well, if you look at the data, we are we have had a period of extreme abundance, and we are on a downcline. There is no doubt on that. The science does show, but it, it was started way before the red tide, but we were at an extremely high level prior to this you know and also i think i think i think it depends a lot on where you're going i'm sorry gee i was gonna say it also depends a lot on where you're going i have i have yet to meet a captain who goes out every single day who's not coming back and bragging about putting 50 fish in a boat for the day 50 fish 50 snook 50 this 50 that uh we ran up north up a chance of whiska and got uh you know filled the boat with reds and i mean uh it's it's knowing where you're going and obviously the fish are there, and uh, these... yeah, but the fish got tails. They go other places. Well, that's true. You know, those guys are out beating the bushes every day. You know, I I can tell you where the fish are one month. A month from now, you might get get blank there. Well, that's know? true. And then you know, trout are that way too. Once trout get spooky, uh, we talked about it. Uh, I think last week. You know, you get a pod of dolphin that run through there. The next thing you know, where there was tons shut of... down, baby. There's... Shut down. <laughs> They've moved uh, maybe a couple hundred yards away. You know, I mean, they they got away from those hunters. I mean, it's just the way yeah, it is. Yeah, they hear them coming, too, you know. Yeah, and, but, but I don't know. I, I think that uh, it's it's unfortunate that somebody somewhere somehow made the decision for a lot of people who are uh, going to be, I think, impacted by the fact that they can't go out and keep a couple of fish, 
And well, you know, the spotted sea trout is probably the most commonly caught, brought home, fried up fish on the Gulf of Mexico. Okay, it's pretty catchable to everybody. It's not a difficult species, and it's it's an edible fish. It's a sought after fish, and I, I just think they jumped the gun on this thing. It's probably a decision made by some bean counter, not an outdoorsman, which it usually is. And it's just it just makes my blood boil that boom, we're just mandating in ten days you can't take any more trout. Period. Gino, Gino, it is really being pushed by the sportsmen in a very small class of those sportsmen. Yeah, which guys are those? The guys that get four hundred dollars to take you out in the boat? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, some of them, not all of them. <laughs> not all of them, not all of them, but it is a large majority. That is where the vocal people, and those are the people, unfortunately, yeah, but- almost nobody shows up to a commission meeting, and very few people put in comments. But for the vast majority, this closure, most, the average person didn't even see it coming. Didn't even see it coming, man. It's like, you know, a road closed, some kind of, uh, you know, rezoning of land, they take out a little sign the day before it happens and the people that are there in the meeting are the real estate people and the developers yeah you know? yeah it and happens well we didn't even know about it well we put a sign out there as big as a postcard man you know so we ran in, yeah, the, we ran in the newspaper we put a notice in the newspaper in the obituary section you know. Well, you know what? Yeah. I, I, you know, usually I, I usually get the surveys and I get all that stuff from the FWC, and I, you know, they want my opinion on a lot of stuff and everything else like that. It was like one day I get a newsletter. And it was like, by the way, closures, and I was like, well, did I vote on that? I don't think I voted on that. Did you uh, go do a survey, Glenn? No, I, I think didn't. that's really what the uh, the heartburn about the whole thing is. What it's just that it just closes based on someone just making a right now without any discussion or yeah. any kind of hint that something may be uh, forthcoming and Gino one of the things if you if you want to you go out to myfwc.com and you can get to the executive director this was an executive director order you know executive order you need to turn around his name's Eric Sutton you need to email him and you can also email commissioners at myfwc.com and let them know what you think and you can also uh, go and put a Freedom of Information Act in there, just like Bill George is don't, doing. Don't spend your money on it because it's coming. You, if you want to donate a few bucks to the cost of that I'm having to pay, <laughs> you can. <laughs> well, because he, he wants to know who it was they were talking to that made this decision. Well, it's not so. even about just who it is that, because the email trail will tell you what the discussions, what information was provided that we may not be aware of, and we may be just beating up something that we didn't know That's about. That's true. But once we find out, then we may come in and say next week, well, you know what? They made a good decision. Maybe but we, maybe until then, was, I'm still upset about it. Me too. Maybe <laughs> there was a uranium spill over there by the Skyway or something that we don't know about. So, Well, it just, I, I, you know, the, the trail points back to a certain group of uh, people that, like you guys say, it's... And, they, and the red tide didn't even go up into Pasco and all that. No. Th- well, it didn't go into Tampa Bay, to be honest. It nope. It went down to the mouth of the bay, the upper bay. We never suffered anything. I mean, yeah, that's my stomping grounds. That's where me and Braden grew up. So yeah. And I, I, you know, no I, effect whatsoever. I, you know as well as I do that, uh, you know, people were on there and uh, on the media especially and lots of folks where it was the gloom and doom, uh, you know, death knell, death rattle of the of uh, our fishery over here and – 
I said, dude, I'm telling you, this is not like the red tide of the 80s that we went through. We had dead tarpon floating around in Riviera Bay. And, oh, yeah. And yeah dead, dead black drum, big black drum. And I was like, dude, this is nothing compared to what that red tide was. Seriously. You know, it, I learned that there were pompano in Pappy's Bayou. That's right. That pompano came Wow, who the hell knew there was Pompano in here? I'm sorry. You know? yeah. Wow, look at these monsters snook way back here in the back of Wheaton Island. Who would have known there was anything living back here? But um, oh, we knew we knew they were back there. Come on, don't why don't you just be quiet for a minute? <laughs> well, they ain't there anymore. They haven't been there for 25 years. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing back there, so don't even bother. It's Put all your plugs up and just go home. Yeah, it's all mud and nasty, and there's nothing yeah, for it, you here. Yeah, and it's got all that crazy bacteria in the water. Yeah, Stay away. That's Move. right. You'll get. Boils all over you. Gino, get out of here, man. Go enjoy it. Go catch something, man. You guys have a good day, man. Enjoy the derby. I should be in Louisville today instead of being disgusted about all this. It's raining. You don't want to be up in Kentucky. It's horrible up there. I I, I always like Kentucky. If I don't like the horses, I like what they distill. All right, man. Well, it's a mutter race today. Have a great day, y'all. See you, Gene. You know what? I will say, if we learned anything from this whole hour about this whole fishing thing is, Wear your life jacket. And you should be prepared to come up and fish at the Panfish Challenge because uh, there you get to keep those fish. All right, we'll tell you all about it when we come back after the break. It's top of the hour. Here we go. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. 